2: So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
1: I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Do you have a financial question? Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. I'd like a little more engagement in the show. I get that a lot of people kind of want to see what's going to come out of my mouth next. Last, you know, sometimes I'll talk about our pet economy, 30 plus billion dollars. And I'll say, we should probably let go of Fido. Take him to the woods and just leave him. Don't tell the kids. Um, which maybe that's one of the reasons I'm scarred. Uh, just so you know, I had some pets disappear on me. My dad... uh, We had a cat that suddenly was just gone, and we never know what happened. With that said, I'll say things that are a little shocking from time to time, and I know that. Um, One of the things that I like talking about are big ideas. Like, one of the newest metrics for retailers is social media following. And it's not just how many people follow you, because that can be bought. It's, you know, engagement, sales engagement. So I do like to talk about things like that. Um, I do like to talk about big ideas like Silicon Valley is rushing quickly to try to get to the television as one of the next big areas for apps. Um, I'll talk about trends on like evolution of content discovery from 1995 to 2015. But I'll go way back to 1976, 1977 where the VCR started happening or the late 70s and early 80s were cable television, which once had a promise of commercial-free television without an antenna. It didn't quite happen like that, but this is the evolution of content. and We went from VCR to cable, to AOL, to satellite television. Then you start getting into stories in the mid-90s, like Yahoo. Someone did it better, Google. Then you get into broadband. You get into um, high-definition television, Apple television, smartphones, Roku, Amazon Prime, Chromecast. You get into video game consoles continuing to evol- evolve, and they're important. Um, we started time-shifting viewing with TiVo. Do you remember when you had your first TiVo? Most, not most people did, but I remember it was a joy. Um, it told me what I kind of wanted to watch. It was an easier to use than a VCR. Way easier. And it didn't mess things up, and I just enjoyed it. Do you remember the switch from regular television to high definition, uh, to DVD, to Blu ray? All big jumps. Uh, YouTube started changing the way we view content, as did Netflix and Hulu. Smart televisions are starting to become more of a story. You remember a day and age where radio became streaming radio. And that changed radio and television forever. Um, We're on our eighth generation of consoles at this point in time. And uh, they get better and better every time. And they do more and more along the lines. So the impact of the Internet has been extraordinary. Um, But it's just beginning, a lot of us believe. So... For the consumer, the impact has been revolutionary. For businesses, it's still getting there, but you still can do business with over lunch. Um, Warfare is starting to become more about the internet. Education, very, very small. Healthcare, very, very small. So a lot of trends out there in the world of the internet. Global internet users plus smartphone subscription. Growth equals good, but growth rate continues to slow. So mobile phones are now starting to get a little flat, and there you're going to start to hear why companies like Google and companies like Apple are saying, let's talk about the TV. Let's talk about cars, because there's still a lot of ramping of numbers into their ecosystems. Um, It's harder to garner owing to phase in adoption cycles. Um, So the global Internet still has uh, some nice ways to go. Consumer internet traffic uh, up 21% this year. Last year, up 24%. In 2012, up 31%. So you can see in the last three years, internet traffic has started to slow the growth. Again, as we become more dominant users, mobile remains compelling, uh, but it's slowing. So the advertising dollars that Facebook are getting are growing They will get a point where they're very, very mature, though. Um, advertising ARPU. ARPU is average revenue per user. Um, for Facebook, you know, a year ago it was about $4.60. Now it's about $9.36. So they make $9.36 off of you. Uh, two years ago they made $4.60 in a quarter. So their advertising equals about $36, $37 a year roughly from you. You see about, that's how much they're getting in advertising. Uh, Twitter's tiny, but Twitter's growing. Uh, but again, how fast are their growth rates? They're starting to slow down. Um, Apple, even Facebook's growth rates starting to slow down as far as how much they get per set of eyeballs. Um I would continue to always think about this. There's a lot of new ad formats that you have to be wary of. Like I look at Twitter, the stock, and I go, meh. It just doesn't do anything for me because of the ad formats that it has to me aren't very compelling. Now you look at maybe the five second ad, short form video you're on your cell phone, and you, you see a video that you want to watch, you click on it, but maybe it's the the trailer for Avengers. Um, so you click on it, and oh, there's a video ad that rolls through it. So that's format, right? There's a, Pinterest has got the cinematic pen, video moves as user scrolls. Um, that's pretty cool. Facebook has a carousel ad, where you can scroll to browse multiple images. Uh, Google is now doing the, if you search for an LED TV or a flat-screen TV, you'll see, you know, Walmart selling that right under your search, right above your search. So the ad formats are changing pretty aggressively. Uh, But not only that, with the Internet, the buttons are being optimized for mobile. You're starting to see more buy with Google. Um, Facebook, you know, buy. You're starting to see the word buy And uh, I know that Apple had to go through a change in their operating system in their iTunes store. If a game was free, it's no longer free if, for instance, there's in-app purchases. It doesn't say free. It now says get because they think you're going to play Game of War or War Games or Game of Kate Upton. And you're going to continue to do in-app purchases and not realize that it really wasn't free. And oh my gosh, I just spent $300 on something ridiculously silly. With that said, uh, full screen vertical video ads on Snapchat, nine times higher completion rates versus horizontal mobile ads. Um, the advertising world's figuring out the internet and it's just starting. Um, and when you can go to a, a company and say, you'll get nine times more completion of starting your ad and finishing your ad, pretty impressive. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. And be nice to your puppies.
2: Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand. Oh, the times, they are changing.
1: Online payments, keeping with the theme of how much things have changed in the past 40 years with technology, it really has been wonderful to watch. I'm ready to die, and I say that out loud, and people are like, really? (laughs) The only thing I'm going to miss is technology, and watching the the changes. Um, Now, hopefully I don't get in a car crash and die, and this is played back, but you get the idea. Online payments. Do you remember the old cash register? Um, Do you remember giving your credit card and the person behind the register would pull out this big device and it kind of looks like it comes from the Stone Age and you grind, you put the card down, you put a piece of paper on it, you grind it left and right and... And so they're writing down, you know, your name, and you're filling everything out. You have to sign that paper, and then they have to mail that to Visa or whoever to get their cash. Crazy. It used to be very difficult. Now you've got things like Square that allow merchants to accept credit cards via their existing smartphone or tablet. And you don't need a register at all. The lady who cuts my hair, whoa, 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 she's a lady. Um... She gets done she pulls out a dongle. I know, that's not a dirty word. Don't call the SEC. Um, Swipes the card and, boop, done. She gets her cash the next day. Now, she should be using Amazon payments because Amazon payments are half as much as square, but change is tough for people. Um, The online payment process, you know, just a couple years ago was difficult. You would have to choose, you know, your merchant acquirer, your credit card networks, your issuing banks. It wasn't difficult, but now, you know, companies like Stripe, um, they they allow the flow to be much, much easier. You're hearing more and more about business analytics. Improved access to real-time data helps users save time and improve decision-making. We used to have to analyze a business, and you get on a piece of paper, you get a chalkboard or a whiteboard, and now all that data can be analyzed, crunched on a tablet. Document signing has changed egregiously. Uh, I hate DocuSigns, or I love DocuSigns, I hate document signing. When I get a mortgage, it's the freakiest part of the thing to me is like, okay, sign here, okay, sign here, okay, sign here. Now there's a company called DocuSign that I think changed the world. It can reduce transaction costs. It can improve transaction times enormously. You don't have to wait for the documents to get printed and checked and double-checked. They still have to get checked and double-checked, don't get me wrong. Um, but delivering them you know, while you're on vacation versus FedExing them overnight to you uh, is pretty pretty big difference. There's something called customer success. Um, you know, the transactional sales process with a typically high churn. And now we're able to, to look at churn. And churn's a big cost of business for people. Obviously, labor's a big cost of business. But when you hear companies report earnings, um, I think the, the biggest new one that we've heard recently is Apple when they refer to Google as, you know, if they're talking about their phones. They're like, we're getting a lot of switchers. Uh, Google will do a commercial. They will spend a lot of money on the Super Bowl. And they want to get you. Apple will do the same thing. Typically, once they got you, they keep you. But there is some churn, and now we can learn a little bit more about retention from the data that's out there. There once was a point in time where we'd call call centers, and it was kind of cute, and then it became kind of annoying. You'd call a call center and like, hey, my computer's not working. And you're like, Dell, my computer's not working. And they'd be like, this is Sarah in Arkansas. How am I help you? And then it became Sarah in India. And now it's just becoming basically an app. You can reduce customer response times. You can improve customer satisfaction by just using technology. No more call centers.
2: <clears throat>
1: and I know you're saying, really? They're going down, down, down. Uh, I can tell you technology has changed a lot at the, on the business level. We whether it be radio or television, I've moved in the last 10 years from, you know, an HR department that had your employee file to an HR department that's now online, companies like Zenefits, um, $700 million plus in annual benefit premiums across 10,000 customers in 48 states versus traditional brokers, which typically work with a single state. Um, so the insurance brokers that are part of, you know, benefits, human resources, insurance, payroll, miscellaneous, uh, probably, you know, you have disability insurance's benefit. Someone's getting paid and someone's making money on that. And to get that all plugged into a computer system where a real person doesn't have to broker a deal, it's pretty powerful. Um, Background checks. This is something that has changed enormously in the last 10 years. And you can do a background check as simple or think about a background check as simple as, you know, pulling a credit report. People didn't know how to do that, and you used to have to wait for... You used to call an 800 number and order it, and then it'd be mailed to you. Now you can you know, jump online and get your credit report, boom. And like I said recently, sit down with your sugar bugger when you're dating and start looking at each other's credit report, because it does show you things like employment history and where people have lived and if they've missed car payments. Hey, why did you miss a car payment? And she gives the excuse, well, me and my boyfriend... We were on a crime spree, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so there's a <coughs> a web app. And I don't even know, it's, it's crazy. Cause like, I don't even think the idea of web pages are quickly being replaced by apps. And that's why Google's lost a little dominance recently because yes, they're in the app world, very much so. But like Facebook dominates the app um, and they've got that closed system. So there's a good background checker called uh, Checker, C-H-E-K-R. Before you hire someone, you have to check their background. Um, I think employee knowledge and training um, is pretty cool. I had to do, everyone in my company had to do like kind of a sensitivity online manual thing. And uh, the fact that you don't have to go to a, a testing site and sit down and do your test, the fact that you can do it from the luxury of your own home is pretty cool. It reduces human resource support time and increases employee benefit plan participation. Uh, Visitor management, the idea of checking in on a piece of paper is ridiculous. Checking in people now on a tablet is much more common. Over one million visitors checked in across a thousand companies worldwide since 2013 on a check-in service called Envoy. Uh, And again, it gives corporations more data and we live in a world of more data. Um, a lot of people think that singularity is basically this concept that we won't be making our own decisions in the future, but we'll be making better decisions because the data will be making it for us. You know, you even get into like Google cars and you, know, you hear the concept of, I need to take a left into traffic. Your car's going to tell you not a good idea. You might want to wait till that car passes. You don't see it at sunset, kind of blends in with, with everything. You get the idea. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Chris Siaccia from TheStreet.com. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well. But I think you're doing better than me because you just wrote an article about taking a test drive in a Tesla. Sounds pretty cool. Tell us about the experience.
3: Yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. I had the uh, new version of the Model S, the P85D, over the Memorial Day weekend. So I was able to have it for four days. I got around, you know, in about 400 miles. And it was a lot of fun to test drive the car. And unfortunately, I had to give it back. Um, but, you know, judging by, um, based on my experience, if you can afford the $130,000 price tag, it's definitely worth buying.
1: I'm assuming as a journalist, you can't afford the $130,000 price tag.
3: You know, there's that little, that little caveat, but maybe someday. Um
1: from, you know, a couple years ago when I'd see them on the road, all heads would turn, if it was parked in a parking lot, people would sneak up on it and take a look inside. Did you get any of that experience?
3: That and more. I first got okay. the car on Friday afternoon and immediately a couple people came up to me and said or they complimented the car and they were very uh enthusiastic about it and that continued throughout the weekend. Both men and women, um, surprisingly, it was it was it was fun to, to experience. And, and the Model S is still definitely a head turner. People on the road were giving me thumbs up when I was driving past them. It was really something to, to see, and you can see the enthusiasm that Americans have for their cars. And the Model S seems to be the most, the one that people are most enthusiastic about.
1: I'm asking this in kind of a silly way, but would it have given you more game with the ladies if you I weren't in a committed relationship?
3: I think that's a fair thing to say, Rob. Um, okay. You would be surprised at how many uh, women over the weekend came up and talked to me about the car. Um, it's definitely something that if you know if you're a single guy and you're looking to find a girl, the Model S is definitely not going to hurt your chances.
1: Okay, I'm with you on that. Tell us a little bit about the media experience. I know that's one of the big talked-about features inside the vehicle.
3: Yeah, I mean, the da- or the control panel is essentially a giant iPad. It's a 17-inch touchscreen, and it lets you do a plethora of different things from media to navigation. You can add your phone and all your contacts in your calendar. You can see the actual energy usage so that you know how many miles you've driven – how many miles you have to left to go on a full charge how many uh what your projected range is and you know when the car is in park you can access the internet i did that you know quite a few times and you know it's just it's, it's a, a lot of fun and it's incredibly easy to use and it makes the driving experience that much better
1: not a distraction at all
3: no absolutely not it only enhances it you know when you when you're on when you're driving you can't access the web so it's not a, a distraction and if you want to change music there are c- controls on the uh, the steering wheel that allow you to do it easily so that you're not looking all over the place and the same thing with the navigation you can see it right on the dashboard so that once you set your trip before you start out you see the route that you have to take and there's voice activated GPS so that lady that's always screaming at you that you missed the left turn will scream at you that you missed the left turn. So there's no reason um, for you to be distracted while driving the car. Any last thoughts on the Tesla Model S? Again, if if it comes if, if you can afford it, that hundred thirty thousand dollar price tag, which is a, a lot for most Americans to chew and bite off, it's definitely worth it. Okay. Changing topics, Uh, this is a big
1: week. Google's got a big conference. There's a big coding conference in California as well. Uh, You've got a little bit about an Apple car story. Um, You're starting to hear more rumblings from different manufacturers. Uh, GM's Mary Barrow was speaking, and she said, you know, automated cars are coming, and I get that Google and Apple want to be in our dash, and we'll figure it out. Uh, What's your recent research show you here?
3: You know, Apple's uh, chief operating officer, Jeff Williams, who is essentially Tim Cook's Tim Cook when Tim was the COO to Steve Jobs, spoke at the code conference yesterday, the one that you were referencing, and he kind of let slip that the car is the ultimate mobile device. Apple has publicly not said anything about their plans for a car. I had asked them about that when I was out there, and they would not comment on it, but you know, you can kind of hear the rumblings that Apple is doing something. I know that Fiat CEO Sergio Marchionne went out and took a recent trip to Silicon Valley, and he talked to Apple as uh, as one of his stops. So I would not be shocked um, to hear, you know, little rumblings now and then on Apple getting into the auto space. I know Mary Barra, you know, kind of put a little damper on, on the hopes of some – uh, Apple investors think it's not that easy to build a car, but when you have $190 billion in cash and you're hiring automotive engineers from, and battery engineers like crazy, then maybe that gives you a leg up on the competition.
1: How soon until we start really seeing, I know there's, I think there's going to be some this year, but how soon until we start getting a proliferation of Apple or Google on our dashboards?
3: I think, you know, for the mainstream consumer, we'll probably see it, you know, probably by the the latter part of next year, early part of 2017. You're going to start to see some of it, you know, really come out later this year when the 2016 models are um, from the different automakers are are coming out. But I think that's going to be few and far between. I think most people will really start to see it as their leases end up, you know, within the next you know, 18 to 24 months. And, and that's when I think you'll start to really see the proliferation of Apple and Google and what they can do on the dashboard and the control panel. And then ultimately we see where they, those two companies take it from there.
1: Google at the conference yesterday, their executive hinted, it's like we don't really want to make the cars, we just want to design the technology for automated driving cars and kind of license it out. Do you expect that to be a truth? Because the Google cars are starting to become. There's a lot of ideas. Like there's like you could put them on campuses. You could put them in, you know, workspaces. You could put them in cities. Uh, maybe you don't want them carrying you over a mountain. Uh, what do you think the ultimate Google driving experience is going to look like? From what you've learned so far,
3: I think that's kind of. I, I don't think that's going to stray too much from what Google said yesterday. You know, we've seen them do that with other technologies. <clears throat> Excuse me. They did that with Android. They don't want to own the whole phone. They tried to do that with the Motorola purchase, and it didn't really work out. And it went up that they just wanted it for the patents anyway. And they're happy to just license the technology um, and then get you to use it and generate revenues another different way. So I kind of believe what Google had to say in terms of not actually wanting to build their own cars. They don't seem like you know, they're all that interested in doing that. This The driverless car seems like a fun project for them but it doesn't seem like it would be a, ever a serious revenue driver. So I kind of I believe what Google had to say.
1: And yeah, there were stories out this week that Jonathan Ivey's gone back, is probably going to head back to London to help raise two of his young twin boys, but also to maybe oversee the manufacturing plant that Apple's building that a lot of people think is going to manufacture cars. Uh, so Google versus Apple and cars, maybe they take separate roads per se.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you've seen that with, you know, mobile devices. You've seen that with Android and iOS and how they approach operating systems. So it only stands to reason that they're both – if they do both get into the automotive industry, that it will be a completely different way. Apple will want to own the entire experience, and Google is happy just owning the software and then generating revenue off ads, I guess.
1: Anything else that you're working on in the world of tech that you find interesting that may be titillating for our
3: audience? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what else Google has to say at their developer conference uh which starts in a couple of hours. I'm expecting some things on mobile payments, maybe something on virtual reality, maybe some new operating systems. And then in a couple of weeks, Apple has their big developer conference, so we'll see what they have to what they have to announce. It's it's like a battle of the two titans when one th- or like a heavyweight fight, one throws a punch, the other one staggers a little bit and then comes back with their own punch and then the two companies are going to keep going back and forth
1: it's kind of madness isn't it like uh we're talking about in two weeks apple's gonna have its developer conference and we're kind of getting jonesed about it and will it just be beats music service will that go after spotify or will we get virtual reality or will we get a car or we'll we get it's kind of madness keeping up with it who, who do you think's winning the pr side of it right now
3: I think Apple will always win the PR side of it, and that's simply because of the media's obsession with Apple, people's affinity for iPhones and iPads. It's much harder for the consumer to relate to a search engine that they can get access anywhere as they are actually holding a physical device, and I think that's why you've always seen an affinity for Apple from both the consumer standpoint and the media standpoint as well. So I think... Unless they, they really do something drastic where they damage their brand, I think Apple is probably going to win the PR battle from here on out.
1: Thanks very much. It's Chris Ciacci, a tech editor for com, giving us some insights into what's currently happening in the press and in the media as far as conferences going. Having, drive a, having driven a Tesla S, I'm pretty darn jealous. And uh don't think I didn't ask that question about does it give you more game with the ladies? Because A lot of decisions in the world revolve around men trying to impress women, and I don't sell that short. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. We'll take a break here. Don't forget, I have a big seminar coming up, 10 Pillars of Retirement Investing, coming up in Burlingame a week from today. Sign up at robblack.com. sort of dedicated my life to sharing information with you. I feel pretty good about that. I've had a pretty good life because of you. I acknowledge that. Um, I promise if you listen to the show, I'll try to give you everything I can to get you to retirement. And if you listen to people like CFP Chad Burton, he'll get you through retirement. The trick is sometimes start sooner rather than later. And sometimes the trick is to have realistic expectations because I don't think a lot of people do. Americans are significantly more optimistic right now about their income prospects, but their perceptions are sometimes based on, you know, modest improvement and income levels. 29% of those surveyed recently by the Federal Reserve expect their income to be higher in 2015. It's up from 21% last year. That's pretty good. Now, 22% of those with less than $40,000 in annual income expect it to be higher this year versus 36% with incomes above $100,000. Meanwhile, 65% of adults say their families are doing okay financially or living comfortably up from last year, but 31% of them say they've got no retirement savings at all. 38% say they still um, will be in the labor force. They plan to work as long as they can. 38%, more than one in three of people don't expect to retire. Only 53% of those surveyed said they could cover a hypothetical emergency costing $400. 53% of Americans have less than $400 in an emergency fund. You have to have an emergency fund. Um, teeth break, dentists start cheap, cars break down, roofs leak. It's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, you're gonna have health insurance, and you're gonna be like, woohoo, I got health insurance, I'm gonna the emergency room. And then you're like, oh, I have to pay the first 9,000 out of pocket? Oh boy. Uh, Then some things aren't explained to you as well as they should be. Thirty-one percent of Americans last year went with with some medical care, went without some medical care that they wanted to get because they couldn't afford the medical care. Forty-three percent of American homeowners believe their home is going to increase in value this year. That's a big assumption, and you know what an assumption does? It makes a ass out of you and me. Don't assume um, that's my advice. Hello, my donkey friend. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, layoffs are now rare. Weekly jobless claims total 282,000. Um, that's pretty good. We have a strengthening labor market. So now is a good time to get your resume together if you haven't. Costco wholesale, post hire profit and revenue. Great company, great investment over the long term. If you're a patient investor and you want retail, I'm not saying it's the stock for you, but it's not a bad stock. More Americans expect higher incomes this year, like I mentioned. Americans show love to their pets to the tune of $30.4 billion. And that's just on food, toys, and clothes. There's another $28 billion that goes into veterinary care. I had a friend, and uh, this is a horrible story to repeat, but uh, him and his wife were trying to have a kid for many, many, many years, and... They didn't, and, you know, they kind of love their animals. So they had a cat that got a cancerous growth on its face, and they go through and get it cut off and surgically removed, and, you know, the doctor says, maybe we did it, maybe we didn't. Cat was dead a month later of cancer. $5,000. Gone. Amazon's going to offer free same-day delivery for Prime members for two hours. You order it now. They've got a million-plus items that they can ship to you. Um, in two hours or less. Wow, retail's going through a massive change this year. GoPro is up big. They're getting into the drone business and virtual reality. I'm not so sure about the virtual reality, but you know, there's no doubt that uh, having a quadcopter with a GoPro attached to it's pretty cool. Um, down the road, I think GoPro's going to run into some problems, but short term, they're very sexy. It's kind of like being 20 years old and being able to eat whatever you want and still having a sexy body. When you're 30, the metabolism slows a little bit. Good luck with all that eating and having that sexy body. Um, trash companies are complaining. And it's interesting to note, Waste Management is a publicly traded company. And they're not going to go out of business. Um, you know that and I know that. And I, I bring that up in large part because um, it could be a good long-term investment. You know, my trash costs seem to go higher on a regular basis. Um, To me, waste management is a business model that makes sense. Will we have trash in the future? Probably. Although I could imagine um, Google's working on a trash-free world, or someone is, right? So waste management, stock's recently taken a little bit of a ding. Um, And maybe that's your entry point. It's taken a bit of a ding because recycling is not becoming cost-effective for them at this point in time. Uh, it still has a pretty high valuation, so maybe you wait for it to get, like, $45 and come down a little bit more. Um, but, like I said, they're not going out of business. broadcom being been acquired by Avago. Um, it's been a good year to be Avago Technologies. They're in a lot of the smartphones out there, uh, especially tied towards Apple, so they're getting a lot of love there. An analyst at Miller Tatek upgraded Chipotle Mexican Grill to buy from hold, noting the stock's nearly 20% drop over the past month. Uh, along with its forecast of at least 25% growth through 2016. Sanderson Farms, they are a big chicken play. Um, they report a profit of $3.13, well below expectations. They said they're optimistic heading into the summer, um, though they did mention the disease outbreaks as a possible risk. A lot of chickens that I have even been paying attention to headline news have had to be put down for disease. Um, Google's chief business officer confirmed reports that Google will institute a buy button that will allow purchases directly from search results pages. Um, Sirius XM is going to have to face a class action lawsuit involving royalties for pre-1972 songs. Members of the 1960s group The Turtles had sought class action status in the suit, which claims copyright infringement because no royalties were paid on those songs. Interesting. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget, i got an event coming up next Thursday on Income and Retirement. It's in Burlingame. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's next Thursday evening. Sign up at robblack.com.